Hi friends, welcome to the Partnership Podcast, exploring gospel partnership and generosity in the Bible, alongside stories of support raising from around our fellowship. We pray you'll be encouraged by it. Hi everyone and welcome to our seventh episode of season two of the Partnership Podcast and thanks Phil for joining me again today. You're welcome Kat. Uh, we're talking today about 1 Timothy 6, 6 to 19, the end of Paul's letter to Timothy, where he weaves together these warnings and commands about money and generosity with a beautiful worship of God and talking about God's um, command for Timothy's life. We're going to uh, pray and then Phil's going to read it in a couple of chunks, chatting in chunks of reading interspersed. Um, so let's pray together. Majestic King, you are the blessed and only Sovereign, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You alone have immortality and dwell in unapproachable light. To be you be honour and eternal dominion. Help us to worship you and not wealth. And please give us your wisdom as we consider this part of your word today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. Thanks, Kat. We're going to read uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, and we'll read, how about we read verse 6 to 10 first of all, and talk about that. Okay, so verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into a temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Mm. Mm. So I'm always so struck by this, that Timothy, in all that I know about him through the New Testament, doesn't ever seem to be someone who is prone to materialism or greed like a... I'm not sure I would have thought mm. that Paul needed to give him such a strong warning, but I take it that the risk to teachers of the word um, of falling into this trap is so great that it's worth worth um, reinforcing it. And especially since there'd been obviously mm. been so many um, false teachers around who were falling into this trap, loving money and greed and um, mm. wandering away from the faith because of it. Yeah, I, I take it to be that because it's um, Paul telling Timothy and he's the one tasked to teach others. Um, yeah, he's got that responsibility. Um, yep, so any any teacher there. And it exactly as you say, I think in contrast to the false teachers, um, to be a true teacher, it's to handle money rightly because we all have to make use and deal with money, but it's having a right approach towards money that's important. Mm, mm. And Paul talks about that right approach being godliness combined with contentment. And uh, Mm. (laughs) it always makes me laugh because I think Paul's got a pretty low bar for contentment here. As long as we have (laughs) food and clothing, uh, we'll be content with these. I might have added mm-hmm. shelter as well, but um, I mean, Paul was a tent maker, right? So maybe he felt mm. confident to be able to make his own shelter, even if he had 
nothing provided. I don't <laughs> Clothing. know. Um, but I think in any in either case, the level at which he feels like you could be content with what you have materially mm. in the world is pretty, pretty low. Um, and mm. I think it's really helpful for us to keep considering, especially in our culture and the huge amount of material possessions that we have, mm. to keep considering how to actively cultivate contentment. Um, my kids sometimes when they're casting around to things to thank God for, they're like, and thanks God for electricity or <laughs> things like that. But I just think there's something really great about that. Um, mm. Genuinely giving thanks for uh, lots of the basic material goodnesses we have in our lives. And it's doubly important, again, I think, for ministry workers in light of this passage um, to make sure that mm. we are not being trapped or... I mean, there's pretty strong language, falling into temptation, trapped by senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. It's a root of all kinds of evil to love money and people can wander away from the faith, pierce themselves with many pains. It's a pretty (laughs) strong um, Mm. argument to make sure that we are worshipping God and not mammon, I think. It's a real spiritual battleground, I think, is what Paul's saying to um, the question of how we handle money. Yeah. And I, I feel it's really apt, as you said, in our day and age where, you know, the standard of living is, is rising, but there's a simplicity, um, a simple lifestyle, um, and it's what is great gain. There's a immense profit to be had, and it's not with the finances, but it's living a contented life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shall we continue? That'd be lovely. Thanks, Phil. Okay, so verse 11 to verse 16 now of 1 Timothy chapter 6. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honour and might forever. Amen. Mm, amen. Um, I, I think this passage, um, these verses, I kind of expect Paul, after he's been talking about the love of money and um, being content uh, you know, with godliness and with the material possessions that God gives us, kind of expect that um, uh, contentment was a sufficient protection or rejection of the love and money. But in Paul's mind, mm. when he talks about how to shun all of those things, the opposite mm. that he wants Timothy to run to is not just in the um, the same plane as um Money kind of like, you know, money versus generosity, loving money versus generosity, but loving money versus pursuing righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness, Mm. fighting the good fight, taking hold of eternal life, worshipping God, keeping his command. Um, Mm. Yeah, I just think, again, it broadens out 
It says money doesn't, the love of money and money doesn't just sit in this little corner over by itself um, where we need to deal with it just in that corner. But actually this is an all of life mm. thing. And I think going back again to that idea that, uh, that Jesus has of you can, you can either worship God or money, um, mm. which Paul doesn't deliberately allude to, but I think that's the concept here that this is about what you love. This is about who you worship and this kind of grand and glorious vision of God um, is actually not unattached to how we think about money because what are you going to worship? Are you going to worship that Mm. mammon that leads to all those terrible things that he's mentioned before or are you actually worshipping this glorious, blessed and only sovereign who dwells in unapproachable light? It's just he can't compare. Mm. The vision of God that he paints is just not even worth trying to compare with the dangers and um, uncertainty of money and worldly wealth. Yeah. And what strikes me as well, in addition to all that, is the fact that that link once again between spiritual and physical. Um, yeah, it's mm. the way to deal with physical is to kind of focus on spiritual, but it's not just that. It's like, as you said, holistic, all of life to bring those kind of separate compartments that we like to kind of as individualistic society like to segregate. Um, But here it's a wholeheartedness in all of your life. Um, Yeah. And to encourage others as well to be on that same pathway. Mm, mm. And I don't think it's a mistake that Paul's been finishing his letter talking about money. He warns Timothy um, and talks about how Timothy is to handle money and um, Mm. how he's not to be like the false teachers. And in the bit that we're about to come to, he talks about what Timothy is to teach others. And in Mm. the middle, he has this glorious vision of God and Mm. kind of charge to Timothy. And I think that's not, they're all connected. It's not as though he takes a break from talking about money and what we worship to talk about something different. Um, Mm. Yeah, I think it's all part of the same flow of thought for Paul. Yeah. And it's Mm. kind of, I think that idea that you're mentioning about worship and what has mastery over you, like it's interesting how he talks about Christ Jesus, you know, an earthly life testifying before Pontius Pilate, you know, Mm. in this sense of before others in this court of law, and then this majestic vision of God, um, the grand ruler that you present yourself before. There's a certain accountability how you conduct your your life, um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Shall I read the final section? Yeah, thanks. Okay, so from 17 to 19 here of 1 Timothy chapter 6. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Mm. Such great, dense verses. Mm, um, lots to be said. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I think the first thing to say is just really, you know, uh, Paul's talking about those who in the present age are rich. Um, mm. And 
I think probably lots of our students would not, or and even our potential you know, our partners would not always mm. feel like that's us. But I think actually, you know, it can be really helpful with students or um, others whom we have the privilege of helping them to think through these things just to realise how rich we are. And I think particularly in Australia mm. when we're, um, you know, the cost of living is... Uh, people are feeling the pinch and yet really helpful for people to keep having a global perspective on how wealthy we are and the kind of wealth riches mm. that we have in Australia and, um, yeah, both historically and in comparison with the rest of the world to keep understanding that when Paul is talking about to those who are rich in the present age, he is talking to many, many of the people who um, we know and who are in our Christian networks and church circles and things like that. Not everyone, but um, a good number mm. of people. And most uni students uh, would be in that uh, bracket as well. Yeah. And he says they command those. It's quite a strong <laughs> sense of such, authoritativeness. Such yeah. It is. He repeats it, verse 18 as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. And I think, again, he just so nicely avoids, uh, I mean, identifies some of the issues that mm. we could fall into if we have lots of worldly wealth to be being proud, mm. like we just have, or haughty. We have such a, um, mm. you know, so much more capacity if we've got lots of money um, and ability to achieve things with it. Um, and the, the temptation to set our mm. hopes on the uncertainty of riches like it really is that spiritual concern for where is our hope like what are we mm. looking forward to what are we um what's helping us to persevere what you know what are we clinging to in the future um not setting it on the uncertainty of riches but rather on god mm. who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment and it's it's such a, a nice play on the word riches um throughout these mm. verses that we're not to set yes. our hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides. It's not a contrast between mm. a godly perspective that's like this enforced poverty, um, but a much more nuanced, actually God has richly provided us with all kinds of things. It's like that contentment idea again. Actually, God's mm. provided so much and there's a richness in what he's provided, even while the worldly riches are uncertain. Mm. Yeah, I like all the contrasts that just flow through this passage. Um, it's mm. it's interesting as well why Paul chooses to, um, you know, conclude um, his section with this because, yeah, it seems like such a temptation, um, you know, in, in this very present age, as you said, and it, I think it speaks to a lot of us about, you know, to not put our hope in the wealth and come back to that. Uh, who's your true master? Who will you worship? Mm. Um, God who provides everything. And as you said, he's no means, he's not stingy. He's richly provide us uh, for our enjoyment. It's not just yeah, the clothing and the food, as Paul says, but <laughs> everything comes to us from his hand. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And what we're to do with it, to be good, to be rich in good mm. works, gen again, that kind of play on rich, it's a richness in good works mm. here. Um but to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, it's not just you need to hand off your money, <laughs> that'll that'll do it. Mm -hmm. But it's such a, a much more fuller picture of what of the generosity on every level 
of, of time mm. and good works of effort and um, being ready, like a readiness of heart to share. And again, yes. there's that sharing language that we see so much about with um, talking about generosity in the New Testament, just that it's a, a, a fellowship, a sharing, a taking part with each other. Um, but here, mm. I, I find this really interesting. Paul's talking about the treasure of a good foundation for the future, which sounds really similar to, you know, and is presumably picking up on Jesus' teaching about treasure in heaven. But I think actually mm. here it's broader. So Jesus talks about giving to the poor to gain treasure in heaven, make purses for yourselves mm. that won't wear out, give alms. Um, but Paul here has a, a kind of wider view of how to store up <clears throat> treasure in heaven um he's yes giving money but also good works Mm. and your heart attitude being ready to share and i think if we just had jesus teaching about treasure in heaven i'm not sure that you could say giving to ministries like ours would necessarily kind of qualify it's not giving to the poor um but here i think this wider vision of how you gain treasure in heaven what that that treasure of a good foundation for the future um the eternal future i think it does include, you know, giving to ministries like ours. Um, yeah, so I, I th- find this a significant verse for that reason. <laughs> yeah, mm. The eschatology of our giving. Yeah. yeah, that kind of kingdom investment, it's, um, yeah, very holistic nature to it, but it's also, as you're saying, quite broad in how we go about it and who we're giving to. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's lots more that could be said about that, the, the kind of eternal life, the eternal benefits, mm. um, which all go to the person who's giving, I think. Uh, there's nothing here about the person who's receiving the gifts when we're mm. being generous. Um, but those who are giving get all the eternal benefits, even if we have the benefit now. Um, but there's such mm. an entwining in these verses of taking hold of the life that is really life it's kind of like the charge to timothy earlier to take hold of the eternal life um the sense in which actually Mm. being generous like this the way that we handle our money is actually really entwined with the nature of salvation and and gaining eternal life and i take it it's not that Mm. it's not that that's how we earn it but that actually part of what it means to receive eternal life is to become a generous person and to be this kind of person who's storing up the treasure of a good foundation for the future. And I just think that's a really beautiful um, beautiful image of generosity and salvation and yeah, taking hold of the life that's really life. Mm, it is beautiful. Mm. Okay. Um, well... Thanks for that, Kat. That was a very helpful discussion. Um, mm. I'll finish in prayer, shall I? That would be wonderful. Thanks, Phil. Oh, Heavenly Father, King of kings and Lord of lords, immortal and uh, invisible, we really praise you for this word today. We thank you that it speaks to our heart. And what are we truly worshipping? Who is our master? Uh, are we seeking to live a simple life and put our hope in you, uh, who provide for everything, all good things, Um, how to handle wisely our wealth, and how to share with those others. We just pray, Father, for those of us who are seeking to teach others, um, give us boldness, Mm. uh, give us clarity, but also help us to think about our own hearts and how 
we too are to um, seek to take hold of life that is truly life using the earthly and material and our spiritualness that we have now to have a kingdom investment for the future. Hmm. And we pray all this for your glory. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, Phil, and thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next time. Bye.